of symbology. What is at stake? It is a big idea. A new world order where diverse nations are drawn together in common cause to achieve the universal aspirations of mankind. My question to you is, in any of your government jobs, have you ever been briefed on the subject of UFOs? And if you have, when was it? What were you told? Well, if I had been briefed on that, I'm sure it was probably classified and I couldn't talk about it. I got out in 1989, we had cataloged 57 different species. We walked over to one side of the lab and he said, by the way, we've discovered a base. The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. Greetings and salutations to all my fellow Skywatchers listening globally, worldwide, and intergalactically. All those in the other star system, they have the uh, Dyson Sphere going around their sun. Thank you for tuning in to Skywatchers Radio right here on the Dark Matter Digital Network and, of course, PSN Radio. I am one-third of the crew of the uh, staff here. I am Angel Espino. With me, as always, is that guy we like to call the other guy, a.k.a. Tres Leche. A.K.A. Alan Weiler. How you doing, other guy? Excellent. Uh, by the way, you are the only one that calls me Tres Leche. Your parents so, call you Tres Leche, so moving on. And joining me and the other guy <laughs> is the one and the only Crystal Storm, A.K.A. DCS, A.K.A. DCS, what, she's from the Department of Children's Services? What? No, no, you messed. No, you messed that no. all up. And I had my like, "What's up, intro ready?" And you just killed it. Oh, I'm sorry. Not not totally I'm not. getting back for the tres leche thing. Sorry. Call <laughs> <laughs> you tres leche. Just accept this about. It's better than the little Caesars guy. Like, come on, you got to pick your battles here. You don't want to be called little. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Call little Caesars guy. Here's the thing. Little Caesars guy, son of Julius Caesar, maybe Jesus, maybe the son of God or whatever. Tres leche. It's a. Uh, I don't know. You know, uh, if you try to take a, me off, it's working. We should put a we should put <laughs> a poll on the website. There, we should put a poll on the website. Put a poll up. Put a poll up. How do we refer to the other guy? Yes, I like yes. this idea. This, this idea is so exciting. I am going to put that poll on today. In fact, when we go to commercial later, I'm going to try to see if I can have it up by then. That's what's up. If not, maybe by tonight. So by the next show, we'll definitely have poll results. And if you guys want to weigh in on that poll, easily go to skywatchersradio.com. You oh, you mean so. you're not going to give out the number to let them call in and comment? Well, I'm going to do that also, but you got to <gasps> slow it down, Tres Leche. Slow it down. Yeah, stop calling me Tres Leche. Okay, okay. That, all right, Tres Leche, that's, hurt, that's hurting my ears, bro. That's hurting my ears. Uh, that's amazing. Whoa. All right. So who do we got tonight? What do we got going on tonight? Oh, my goodness. That hurt my and ears. And do so we bad. want to discuss last week's last I sent <clears throat> an email to Ray Hernandez. I oh, did. boy. I oh, hold on. You have to preface. For those listeners who didn't get to hear us last week. You should. You oh. really, really need to download or listen to the podcast. It got interesting. Yeah. It got heated. Really interesting. It got it got yeah, there was like it was like it was virtual boxing, that's what happened, and somebody got knocked Vir- out. 
And now here's the thing. I clipped out the last 10, 11 minutes of the show just in case we wanted to talk about this tonight because I felt the elephant was going to be in the room and it eventually was going to come up, right? And so I clipped it out. If you guys want to hear it, I'll play it. It's 10 minutes long. And this is the moment of the show where he got upset. And he got upset because upset? I asked. That's an understatement. Well, that's a, that is an understatement. <laughs> All you yes. did was ask him for the evidence. All I did was All ask. you did was ask him a couple of, of what questions. It did. A couple I, he has of questions. not responded to my email. Not that I expected him to respond, but I kind of, <laughs> you know, I held out hope that he might have a dialogue, but he is not. He probably didn't even read it. He probably just deleted it. Probably. I, I tried to reach I mean, out. I mean, I sent him a text on my phone saying, hey, thanks for doing a, a nice job of making a fool out of yourself because that was just now, messed I up. Done that. I mean, I mean, he, you know, he's got an organization that obviously can't afford the, oh, by the way, Crystal and I actually priced it out, couple of hundred dollar lie detector, not hundreds of thousands of dollars for a lie detector. Um, all, all we want is the evidence. I mean, there could be stories. I mean, it's like I'm feeling like we're sitting around the campfire telling, instead of ghost stories, UFO stories with That's him. what it is. That's yeah. exactly what and it is. And you know what's, like. what's really crazy, too? And one of the reasons that I sent him this email is because I went and I Googled him, and he actually did another radio show on EmpowerRadio.com which is a very woo-woo show, and it was night right. and day. He was he was charming. He was loose. He wanted to talk about his experiences. He wanted to tell the stories. So I don't know why we kind of got like evil Ray Hernandez because it literally is like listening to two different guys talk. I, I don't know you what know, happened. there is more than I can one answer Ray that. Hernandez in no, the no, world. no. Well, you know. I don't. Well, I don't think there's two of them talking about the same thing. Uh, but here's the thing: I can answer exactly why that is. Uh, they didn't ask him any hard questions over there. No, they did not. That's true. That was, not, and, and even, look, I, even I didn't. I didn't the question started. Uh-huh. I mean, he was just. I mean, it was like as soon as he came on here, he was you know dropping them. My people on the on the board of directors, right, 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 right. PhDs and doctors and lawyers, and let's just talk about the questions over <laughs> there. I mean. Just from Jump See, Street, it was like, "Let me tell you my story." This he was is looking my, to pick a fight. I used to be an atheist, you know. Right, that's I what never I felt like. Believed uh, in this stuff, did. you know. Had this whole, you know, that we could. I mean, he had, he told a background that we could have like jived with, like, "Yeah, you didn't believe we get you. You thought your wife was crazy." Like, "Oh, great story." We didn't get <laughs> for some reason. He just didn't want to talk about it over here. I have no idea idea why, why that is because we've never had guests blow up like that on the show. And we've never it's never happened. I so know. I have no idea what was going through his mind or anything. But here's the thing. For anybody who's educated in ufology or in any field, you don't make claims you cannot back up on live radio. Nope. Because no. if you're going to make a claim like we have a member of our board that was cured by you know from cancer, by aliens, when you make that claim, you're going to get questions like, oh, yeah, who? Right. And, you <laughs> and if you, can't, if you, you cannot answer should. that little question like, oh, yeah? Who is this person? And how did they do this to him? Did he say, did he say anything? If you can't answer these simple questions, don't bring it up. Don't make the claim. Right. right. You know what I mean? But That's I'll, it. I'll, don't I'll bring it what, up. You know, I'll, I'll tell you what. You know, I would have even let him get away with, you know, not even saying the name, but providing the medical records with a big black Sharpie taking the guy's name out. Absolutely. I would have taken that. I mean, look, he's got a whole story about his first encounter with a UFO happened, you know, when he mentioned right. how his wife and his dog disappeared and the wife and then the dog came back and it was paralyzed and it wasn't paralyzed. Right. That's something you could prove really easy. I mean, vet records. I want to know how long the dog was taken... paralyzed before right. he these actually got abducted. Right. Like, and most... then after. Okay, I mean, how do you take a dog for a walk if it's paralyzed? That's a good point. 
Are you letting them just no. poop poo Are you like the dragging house? him along for the ride? Is, are you do they have doggy diapers? I mean, <laughs> they do have doggy diapers. They do have doggy diapers. They do have, yeah, they do. They I mean, dog. they have. I mean, is, 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 is there like a, is there like a, a stroller for dogs, you know, like babies? Baby strollers, you can, no? you can do that kind of stuff for a dog as well. It depends on how big the dog is. But but yeah, yeah but how how do how do you take them? I mean, when you go on, when you take a dog for a walk, they're going to make you their business. Take, you know what I mean? Obviously, you can't. So take I mean, are are you holding are you holding the, the you know? Hold you, on, are you holding the paralyzed dog up like like Simba in The Lion King and be like, "Poop now, Simba"? Is that what's going on here? I, I would assume that a paralyzed dog is probably wearing a doggy diaper. That's what I'm exactly. Assuming. So I who would take a paralyzed dog for a walk? After, well, I know some dogs become part of the family and all, but there's a point where you're like, yeah, if he's in, you know, obviously, oh, obviously he's paralyzed, so he feels no pain. So um, <laughs> that's I a good could, point. Yeah. Wow. Um, I'm I'm at a loss for this one. Uh, wow. I, I, I mean, I don't want to get look, look. I don't want to get hate mail from uh, PETA or any any <laughs> organization Oh, you mean people eating tasty animals? That's a great. That's group. just mm-hmm. wrong. That's, just that's horrible. That's so horrible. That's, you are deeply offensive to me right now, other guy, because I'm a dog owner. And there's there is a special place in hell for that kind of comment. I'm just saying. Wait, wait a minute. You mean to tell me you're offended that PETA stands for people eating tasty animals? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's so wrong. It's just so wrong. Really? <laughs> I thought that's what it stands for the whole time. Nobody is surprised about that. Nobody uh, is shocked that that's what you thought it stood for. That's all right. If I'll you would mail, like to converse to with the other guy who I think just lives to say <laughs> offensive things at the beginning of the show, please send us an email to the A-Hole Blast. We would it's, love it's only, uh, you know, it's, it's on the list that Angel gave me, so you can blame it on him. Okay. Yes. All right. Wait, what? What <laughs> list? What am I getting blamed for? <laughs> I'm going through the list of offensive things that you said I could do. No, well, I never said you could do that. To me. That's you recommended a lie. I be as offensive as I can, depending on the day of the week. Yes, on a different day, not Wednesday. Oh, <laughs> oh no, you yes. tell me. Because Wednesday's when we're doing the show, so no offensive stuff to anybody. All right, fine. I, I, I will try to <laughs> not we're be offensive. Off we can all tell offensive jokes because we all like them. It's fine. Ah, oh, man. Speaking of offensive jokes, back to the last week's show. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my email was very nice, and I'm very offended he did not respond to it yet. I was very nice to him in that email, but whatever. It's fine. I want to say this, though. Uh, you know, I, I was surprised at the amount of people that reacted to the show and uh, sent not only uh, tweets and emails and you know private messages on Skype and Facebook and stuff, and and they uh, were positive it, apparently. Yes, they to, were. Honestly, about ninety-five percent of them were positive towards us and negative towards him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There was all, a, a small five percent. All we want is evidence. All we want yeah. is proof. I mean, it, it, you know, that's all we want. It's not that much. It, 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 we're not asking for much, boys and girls. No, we're but th- the reason I bring this up is because this shows you how far we've gotten. That we're not. Uh, so easy uh, to you know just believe anything anymore in the in, in the audience. Well, uh, we in shouldn't. The, the listeners, we shouldn't be that way. And yeah. and finally, people are waking up and they're not just believing things at people's word. Uh, you know, like I said last week when we had Ray on, a lot of the stuff they're doing there is based on faith. Yes, that's it. And you have to have look, a whole lot of faith. Right. It's not, 
And look, that's not a bad place to start. Be, that can't be the place that it ends. Like I have Correct. no problem that, you know, you, when he was saying that, you know, a lot of people are afraid to come forward because of the ridicule. And, and I get that. So I don't. Understandable. I think yeah, it's definitely. understandable. So I yeah. think it's a great that he's, you know, his organization, if they're really doing what they're doing, is trying to provide a safe space for these people to come and be oh, comfortable. Oh, no, let's not and go hang to on. Safe space thing. Stop. No, uh, no. Yo, Wu <laughs> is talking, okay, to come Let and tell their stories. Right. So that's fine. But at the same You know, I said this in the email. I said you need to be able to validate them. It's not about disproving them. It's about validating what they're saying. And you have a responsibility to take those steps to do that. And, and I don't understand why you wouldn't want to do that. I mean, because look, I'm woo-woo spirituality, right? Even when I talked about spirituality for people, I said you don't have to believe a thing that comes out of my mouth. Correct. You want to know what I'm talking about? Take it Mm -hmm. for a test drive. Go and do it. You can't say that about UFOs, though. I can't be like, okay, so I saw a UFO, and that's it. I don't expect anybody to just believe me just because I said that I saw that. And right, I don't, right. So that's what I didn't – I mean so I kind of get it from like a belief standpoint. You're like, well, I've already been there, and I've seen a UFO, so obviously everybody who comes in and says they saw a UFO saw a UFO. Right. But that's silly, especially when he admits that he went to the internet and was like, I typed in UFOs, and all I saw was crap. So you know there's crap. Right. So why wouldn't you want to be why, above the crap? Like you may, he right. literally makes my head hurt. He makes my right. head hurt. It, 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 <laughs> oh and I and I was beside myself when you were like kind of almost defending him at the end there. I was like, wait, what? A little bit because because there were some things that he was talking about that I kind of understood where he was coming from. Right. But like, but <laughs> like but. I get what Big you're but. saying. But and I would love to believe that his organization is really trying to do something good because I would love for the narrative to shift that it's not just you know you say you think aliens you think anal probe. It would be right. awesome if you know you thought aliens and you thought you know something better than that. So I would, but I would like eh, you're making it really hard for me to believe what you're saying because you're kind of a douche. <laughs> here's, and, and, it's not only that, but here's the, here's the thing: as far as what they're claiming they're doing with people that are signing these uh, these uh, questionnaires, these surveys, whatever they're doing, collecting all this data, uh, that's fine. Let them collect other data. It's really right. not something they could use to really prove anything, to be honest. I mean, it's a good start, though. It's I mean, a nice start. You get, two you of get those his... people are telling right. the truth, that would be amazing. That would be incredible. But, two. but here's... two. Only two. But here's the thing. It's a good place to start. You can weave down you know, these people and get the liars out of there, the ones that are clearly out of their mind out of there, the ones that are making stuff up, get them out of there, the guys who are just you know trolling, get them out of there, and then get to the real meat of what's going on and get some people that are really experiencers. That's great. I'm all for that. In fact, I applauded him. Last week okay. on the show, uh, yep. when he when he said that he was uh, doing stuff that did not involve people saying, "Oh, I got memories from a dream or from hypnosis." No, he wanted people that had lucid dream, had lucid memories of this experience, like they remembered it from day one. There was no, uh, I got it on hypnosis, and I applaud him for that because a lot of folks don't do that, and that's great. But then he tells right. me, "Oh, it's just a questionnaires on the on the website that they're going to fill out, and that's really all it is." But we want you guys to, you know, say that. You, and when you're telling somebody, "Look, you cannot say that you had a you had this in regression." This has to be natural. Then even if it wasn't, if somebody's you know making stuff up, they're just going to switch their story to right. please you. You know what I mean? So, right. But either way, I still applauded the effort. So it's a good effort. My whole thing with him is when he starts mentioning all these great names, like, hey, Dr. Mitchell, great name to be associated with. Kathleen yeah. Martin, great name to be associated. That's awesome yeah. people to be associated with. I mean, Kathleen is like a great abduction example. You know, Correct. Yeah, yeah. her family and has that in her family. I love the Noetic Sciences, so hats off to Dr. Mitchell. I think the Noetic Sciences is amazing. 
Right. So I now, mean, you know, my you're, problem you're doing is, a big disservice to that group of people. He really correct. did. He did a huge disservice to them. My issues when you naming all these folks out, and then you're saying, yeah, and by the way, there was this one pastor who uh, had uh, this thing <laughs> and he got cured, and then they have this one guy who's the board of our, who's board in our board of directors, and we can't name, we can't say his name, we can't can't tell you who he is, but he was cured by cancer, or by the, yeah, he was cured from cancer by the aliens. They came down and cured him. When you say that. And That's then much. you you don't answer. That's well, much. why can't you say this person's name? Oh, I just can't. But why? What? Well, I, right. I can't. I mean, is it because of his job? Is it? So, I mean, look, I could even buy. I could, yeah, like I said, I could give him for not, get away with not right. his name. If you can go prove... read the paperwork, take a sharpie, black his name out, redact exactly. it like the government does. Go okay. ahead, redact it. Absolutely. I did. If you know, but if I knew somebody who was cured by cancer from an alien, that I you could not, I would be making such a big deal. You couldn't you, shut you know, me up. You, you couldn't shut me up. Like even if no. this person did not want their name, absolutely, that's fine. I will respect. Wait, wait, wait. Maybe the, the alien said but, if he tells wow. anybody, they're going to come then back. Say probe that. Then. then they're going to probe right. Say that. I mean, say that there's a reason. Like it's the movie Contact. This is the way it's always been done. When we have these right. experiences, we're not allowed to do this. Okay, that's great. Why? At least say that. Don't just be like we can't talk about it. Right, and, and, they get, and, they, and then get mad when I question And they get it. mad, and they get mad, yeah. He got right. really – he was like – I feel like he was just defensive from get-go, so I don't like, – I think I don't it was, yeah. He listened to a previous interview, and he just expected something. I don't – I don't get well, it. No, I, don't, I don't think it, so because – It feels like he came in looking for a fight. Sorry. That's really what it felt like. It really did. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. I don't know. And, I, and this stems, I think, from a conversation me and him had over a year ago when he first reached mm-hmm. out to uh, be on the show, and it – didn't really go so well, mm-hmm. per se. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I was in a bad mood. I was uh, at my day job, and I was doing something else when he called in. He's trying to talk to me for about an hour and a half, and I'm trying to get off the phone because I got to get back to work. And he just would not understand that after like twenty, thirty minutes. I'm like, uh, okay, Ray, I really have to go. And he's just going on and on and on, telling me pretty much he was doing a radio show instead of having a conversation. That's what it was. <laughs> I feel and, like and, that if you, free is serious, they need to get a different spose person. I feel no, like and, you're, and here's the thing, you, Crystal, you know a guy. You know exactly what I'm talking about because when we went to commercial, that's oh, exactly yeah. what he did. He, he was he still going. doing it. He was, yeah, he, he was, was doing was, an interview. Was, he he still he was still just sprouting off the statistics from the website. You know, forty percent right. did this and sixty percent. We were like, just hang on. <laughs> we were like, just <laughs> going a little too fast there. Slow you your roll there. Back. <laughs> so I mean, I think this stems from then because I kind of like brushed him off. I had to get off the phone. I told him, listen, I got to go, man. And I, I I got a little upset when he started telling me, oh, you know, we got uh, so much evidence already out there, like Billy Myers and like this and like that, and all this evidence. You put him in court. Hey, you got a slim dunk. That proves aliens are real. And I was like, uh, first, no, it doesn't because Billy Myers is a liar. Uh, there's a lot of hoaxes in ufology. None of that is real evidence. There's no alien dead bodies. There's no UFO crashed anywhere. Or you got a circumstantial evidence. That wouldn't even fly in a court of law. No, Period. it wouldn't. It really no. wouldn't. Now, the only he person did, that I can say... Know, he made some fantastical claims, too, especially when he was right. talking about that UFO that appeared over the stadium that was big as a stadium field and eight people saw it and it was there for 45 minutes. How do you mm-hmm, just say mm-hmm. that and just move on? Like, you and don't, not a single you person know, had a f- camera phone. Th- I no, mean, no, not nobody. A single <laughs> one. Why? And, and, Why did nobody take pictures? Why did nobody else see it? It was the size of three football fields. It was the size of three football fields. And I'm like, where the hell was this thing floating that nobody but eight people saw it? By the way, we have a caller. Hold on. You're not insane. And you're going to make that claim. Tell me we got a caller in. Tell me. Yeah, we got a caller in. All right, Crystal, go ahead. go ahead, Crystal. Go ahead, Crystal. It might, no, my only point was, like, you make a claim like that and you're not a crazy person. 
So I mean you I mean you're like you're throwing out some big stuff here. It's not like I I saw a UFO in my backyard when I was smoking pot. It was no, there was eight of us. It's this big. It was there for forty five minutes. And we were having a barbecue. Hold on. Like what? <laughs> if a UFO is that big and it's floating around for forty minutes, there's going to be more than eight witnesses. I'm just saying people are yeah. going to see that I'm everywhere. Gonna, and there's going to be that would be bigger than the Phoenix Lights. Okay. Just like, getting, I'll just give you the, the benefit chest. of the doubt, but like, tell me why. Tell me that the alien said only you can see it, and this is right. why, and we're hiding it from other. Like, say something. Don't just drop the bomb and then be like, moving on. All right, moving on. Crystal, we have a, a caller. Hold on. 239, you're live on the show. Skywatchers Radio. Welcome on. Hey, Angel. This is Ward. Okay. Hi. Uh, I'm going to be on in a couple of weeks. You know who I'm talking You know who I am? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's going on, Ward? Uh, hey, I just wanted to tell you. When I come on, hit me with the hardest questions you guys have. That's all I wanted to let you know. Thank don't, you. Don't be afraid to ask me anything. Ask me everything and anything you can. That's the way a real experiencer should act. Ask me the hard right. questions. I'm That's sorry. Right. We don't tiptoe around the hard questions. <laughs> exactly. We should. Or did you, li- don't did you listen? It's just we're trying to prove what you say. You can't expect a layman to just be like, this guy saw a UFO. That's awesome. Exactly. No, it, it, exactly. I, 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 I really want. Um, I want to take a lie detector test. I want my mother and daughter I, to take a lie detector test, and I have video proof. Mm-hmm. You know, I, 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 I'm trying. To, this, this is the real deal, and I, I'm not afraid of tough questions because if you're telling the truth, you shouldn't be afraid of tough questions. Exactly. True story. Exactly. Ward, don't give out too much because we want to have a good show next week with you. When I heard that, that, that really that really pissed me off. That I, I'm sorry, I, I didn't get to hear the, the end of their show last week, but uh, that that's what pisses me off when you know you know they they come on saying that you know they had all these interactions with the aliens. They've been best friends for 20 years, but they don't want to answer any questions. Come on, you know. Exactly. You heard the show last week, right, Roy? You heard that episode? I, I heard part of it. Yeah. Yeah, go listen to it on the website before our next week's show. And you'll see, I mean, we were pretty nice to the guy the entire show, and then he just snaps at the end. It's, it's pretty interesting what happened. It really is. Ward, thanks for calling in, man. We're, we'll talk next week. I, I'm dying to have you on, buddy. All right. Thanks a lot. All right. See you there. Thank you, brother. Uh, three, two, one. You're live on Skywatchers Radio. Welcome to the show. Hi. My name is Ashley, and I have a lot of comments but I'm only going to say one pertaining to last week's episode. Okay. When it comes to um, the story he told with those eight people and the UFO that they all saw, if they really saw it, if that really happened, why did nobody say anything? I'm sure one of those people would have said something to someone and it. someone right? would have mentioned it. You know, like that doesn't make any sense. A lot of the stuff that he was saying just came off as just, Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that. Uh, by no, the, I, I, by look, the way, there should have been a MUFON report besides he, – he didn't even right. file a MUFON report. Okay. Look, here's, here, here's the thing, actually, and that's a, a great, great point. Uh, and like we said earlier, if there's a ship that big flying around uh, for 40 minutes plus – more than eight people are going to see this thing. Uh, somebody's going to pull out a camera at some point and record something. It's the year yeah, 2000 we plus. Phones. We all have it on our phones for the last five years. Come on. I mean, seriously. 
Uh, it, it, you have to really believe that the audience are idiots uh, that are just going to believe whatever it is you want to put out there. That's really what happened last week. You know, he's just spewing off all this information, which is, you know, not proof of anything. And then he pulls his own personal information, which we cannot validate whatsoever, because at that point, it's his word against ours. To be honest, it was a little insulting. It really was. It really was. So you heard the show last week. That's your your opinion on it. And what you just said is really what's been said by a lot of folks, believe it or not. It's been pretty much the universal uh, concept uh, of what happened last week. Yeah, you guys probably shouldn't ask him back on anytime soon. Just <laughs> I, don't, I don't think he'd accept. <laughs> Definitely not. Ashley, thank you so much for calling in, sweetie. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for calling in. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Keep listening. Thank you. Bye. Great caller. That's That's awesome. And if anybody wants to call in and throw in their two cents on what happened last week, by all means do so. Number 786-245-8127. Again, that's 786-245-8127. And uh, we have actually Joanne Summerskills who's going to be on the show with us in a little bit. Uh, We were supposed to get Nancy on for the Nancy Burns experience. Uh, Let's see if Nancy... Let's see if we can get Nancy on for a few minutes. Uh, We're not going to do the news on the first segment because we're having Joanne on from the other side of the planet. Europe. No, she's from across the pond. Yes, yes, she's in yes. the future. She's in the future. Exactly. The that future. that's the main problem right there. She's so far in the future that she has to you know to go to bed soon. So we're gonna have her on a little bit earlier, and then we're gonna do some news later Hello. on at the end of the show. And there's Nancy Burns for her quick Nancy Burns experience. How you doing, dear? Hello. It's I've just Nancy. A great show so far. I laughed Thank out you. loud. I laughed out loud. I Which part? She Which part? We're funny. <laughs> yeah, you are. You have a great. You've developed a great pace, and a great patois. And Angel, uh, I just love hearing. No offense to to. to uh, let me try to say it. Today, leche. Tres leches, yes. Tres leches. Tres leches. Yes. Come on, you could call, you could say my name in English. It's okay. I give you permission. Yeah. White milk. White milk. <laughs> I, I think I'm happy Hanukkah messages to everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, okay. yes. Tonight is the fourth night of Hanukkah. Yep. And I just wanted Out of to... Out crazy nights. Yeah. Well, you know, I wanted to point out, um, you guys were talking about spiritualism and just a little bit earlier, before Ray Hernandez... Uh, uh-huh. Just in general, spiritualism, and I can't. And I have discovered a new guy, who now I'm going to track down and see. And I wanted to see if any of you guys have heard of this guy. Okay. What's his name? name is Lon Milo Duquette. No, I have never nope. heard of this person. Me. What's I have. What is what is he sprouting about in the world of spirituality? Everything. I'm telling you, this guy is sort of the alpha and omega. Lon, his first name is L O N. His middle name is Milo. And his last name is D-U-Q-U-E-T-T-E. And he's 67 years old, so he's an old guy. Nice. Um, And basically, he ties together uh, the Kabbalah, basically. Interesting. But here's the thing. And I I, I couldn't sleep last night, and I was up all night. And I found myself, I'm trying to get to the the very base bottom. What, who who started the occult? What are the first written records? That's you. That's so, <laughs> good luck with that answer. Yeah, yeah. that's a, that's a long-winded that, answer if I ever heard that, one. Uh, yeah, Ooh. you're not. Yeah. 
By the way, uh, guys, before we continue, we have a couple callers that joined in. Callers, stay on the line. Uh, I'm going to let one of you each uh, ask whatever it is you want to ask or make a statement, so we're going to do it accordingly. Uh, 503, you're, you're first. Go ahead. Uh, you're live on Skywatchers Radio. Okay. I, this is 719. Oh, well, 719 it is. <laughs> How you doing, 719? It's Kevin. Good evening, everybody. This is Kevin in Colorado Springs. Yay. What's up, buddy? Yay, How you Kevin. doing? Kevin. Uh, i got to correct one thing Alan, the other guy, said. Yes. There oh, is a uh, MUFON report on that. It's called 15-B-A-C-K-S-Q-U-A-T-E-C-H. My head hurts thinking oh, of that. I uh, know. Okay. Yeah. He did wow. file a MUFON report. Okay. Now, let me, let me, let me ask, uh, was it filed by Ray himself? Well, in case you didn't catch the spelling on that... <laughs> Oh, dash back squat. Oh, ah, <laughs> he played us. Aha, <laughs> we've been played. Oh, yes, we've been played. That was a good one. We missed. That that. We had a little one. bit of hard time spelling it out. But <laughs> I feel like my brother would have gotten that immediately. <laughs> but that's okay because that's part of what I wanted to talk about, Crystal. You all know me. You know I'm blind. If an alien craft Indeed. came down and healed me of my blindness, once I got through screaming, shouting, running through the street, I would offer the evidence of such healing to anybody that wanted to read it. Right. That would include medical reports, doctor's reports from when I went blind, and... It goes to the whole UFO field. Yeah. Give me yeah. some evidence other than what you yourself are saying. And when they don't, it makes it suspect. Now, the other thing Ray Hernandez did that kind of upset me was he listed the board members like Kathleen Martin and Edgar Mitchell. Mm-hmm. But if I remember right, he said it was a much bigger board than those names he listed. Correct. And why don't those people want their names listed? And if there is some among them who are healed or cured or whatever, why do you not want to tell somebody you were healed and cured? I don't, man, no problem for me, you know, if <laughs> exactly. that happened. Mm-hmm. So. Well, I I could see that certain people might feel, let's say they have a public position, they might lose their job if their name were known, but maybe they want to get the help. I mean, I fully believe that groups like Free, F-R-E-E, should exist if, if you know, in spite or, in, you know, in spite of Ray Hernandez, um, isn't he sort of the PR person for the group? I I think so, and he really shouldn't be. <laughs> Man, he really just shouldn't. Because I think the concept of the group is really important. um, If something is going on, I mean, Mm -hmm. um, not to touch a sore subject, but last night uh, Art Bell had David Jacobs on for the third time, and lots of people were prodding me on Twitter to, you know, since I defended you, Nancy. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Well, see, that's the thing. I I am a member of this network, and I am loyal to them what brought me you know i mean angel uh psn radio has been such a home to us and i know that even if i said terrible things i would never lose psn radio nope. and because i think you would say terrible things and still be on that network 
but yeah. <laughs> you know, yep. in the case of um, our big Crystal's had terrible things on that network, and she still I yeah. said, I know. <laughs> Every Sunday makes... I say terrible things. I and do. that's what makes that's, that's what you depend on. You need that kind of that kind of security. So I feel I have a secure home, but I feel that also on Art Bell's network, which is actually Keith Keith our Keith oh, Keith's network, I feel mm-hmm. like I've got to watch what I say, and so I don't want to. Um, stir the pot and say, oh, I've got all this evidence that, that David Jacobs is crazy and he's saying crazy things and he should be ashamed. Uh, it feels disloyal because Art has chosen to make him into the, you know, the greatest thing since sliced bread. Right. I, think, well, I think giving him enough rope is what I think is going on. But it's been three times now since, you know, in the first hundred shows. Well, I can't speak for Art. I'm not Art Bell. I'm not in his show or his shoes, um, so I can't say what's on what's going on in his mind. Uh, I haven't heard the you know Jacob's uh, story fully um, on Art's show. I haven't heard the episodes yet. Uh, but here's the thing: uh, if Art wants to interview the guy, wants to get a story out there, that's fine. If the guy is willing to take the hard questions and answer them, that's fine. Yeah, but he at won't. The, at the end of the day, take, well, but he won't. Then that's a problem. But here, at the end of the day, you have to, you know, get these people on and let them tell their story, ask the questions, if they answer them or don't answer them, that's fine. At the end of the day, the audience is going to decide who's telling the truth and who's not telling the truth. Well, not that's so much, Angel. And, but here's the thing: I, as an old person, I have to say I feel a heavy burden that I re, I come to see with my own two eyes that the new audience coming in and there's a new people every day, every mm-hmm. single day. It's a growing thing. They don't know who the frauds are. They that's really don't. That's a major problem. Unfortunately, that's that's a list a website problem. that critiques yeah. and reviews those people that are in the community. But well, you know there, what, is, though, there is such your a site. Responsibility. It really is. <laughs> Nancy, it's your I... responsibility if you're going to jump into this field yes. to then, and you're going to take it seriously, it is then up to you to separate. It is up nah, to you but, but, but you know what? Um, but in every field, the field does police itself. And there is a site. Mm-hmm. It was called UFO Watchdog. Yes. And it might still be there. And they, they basically have done a pretty good job. But then they yep. get then they get sort of a be in their bustle or whatever and they get mad at somebody and then they throw them in with the frauds and that's not fair um you know it's hard to be impartial and non-biased it Mm -hmm. really is yeah yeah but i think you know uh, as a member of the older i mean i mean i've got now but actually well what is even that i've um (laughs) there are people who've been in this field way longer than me who are way younger than me like greenwald for example you know uh, that's his name, right? The guy who started the Black Vault, John. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah John Greenwald. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he started yeah. at like thirteen and said, "I'm going to just combine all the UFO information," and and he's kind of never stopped. But I've been in the field since '97 officially, so that's X amount of years, whatever. Um, I I could get out my calculator, <laughs> but some of you guys have been in, in equally long. You know, you started much much younger. So, but. New people coming in have no idea what what's going on, and you know, um, takes shows like this. And that's oh, I wanted to mention also your popularity has spread to Belgab. I saw that they were falling on their face a bit um, uh, over the last week's. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah like, you know, stick you know sticking it to the man, and <laughs> I guess or something. It's sort or of to Ray. Yeah, it to Ray. <laughs> Poor Ray. <laughs> and again, what, what what baffles me is 
he could have so easily turned that whole thing, you know, into a positive interview by just either answering a few questions or, you know, joking around a little bit and not being so uptight and serious and blowing a gasket for absolutely no reason. Yeah, but different people have different styles. That's the problem, yeah. There's that. But, you know, I have to go back. I believe we interviewed him, and I have to actually go back and listen. and Because I remember it, it ended on wonderful, you know, we love everybody notes mm-hmm. because we weren't going. It depends. Our shows sometimes turn bad, but um, only one person uh, refused to come on our show. He was going to come on and then didn't come on. And you guys might know his name. Um, and I, <laughs> I don't recommend you have him on, but his name is Douglas Dietrich. Have you heard of Douglas him? Douglas Dietrich. No, have not. Yeah. Name uh, rings a bell, but I can't figure yeah, out why. Yeah. That's how I felt. He was the guy I had made. I wasn't making a joke about the Japs. I was talking. It was actually. <laughs> well, that, that's very politically correct, by the way. Mm-hmm. The Japs. Yeah. Well, see, it's Chase Leches. Okay. <laughs> no, but that's not as bad as the Japs, uh, though. Yeah. I'm a sister. Not the most offensive thing that we've heard today. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Go on, I was talking about how they, how we treated, you know, and I was saying it in, in a way that was sympathetic. We we called them Japs and put them in concentration camps. It was a terrible thing. That's kind of in the context. It was not using the term as a as a uh, cynical person. And this guy, you know, backed off uh, coming on the show. He he called and canceled or canceled somehow. I forget how. Email or, but he turns out to be completely off the wall. You know, anybody who's had him on uh, ends up getting in big fights with him. And well, so blessing I blessing in disguise, then. Yeah, well, or unless you want to have him on, I'm just saying. <laughs> you What's this guy's fun. name again? Douglas Dietrich. He believes Dietrich. that um, he lives. He lives near the Presidio. He's connected with the Presidio and lots of conspiracy stuff. Like, the world is not as you know it. The Japanese didn't lose the war, maybe. Something like that. Or I'm getting it sort of wrong, or they should, you know, something that's like that. It's kind of like that uh, that show, Men in the High Tower, or whatever it's called. Oh, well, yeah, that's the Phil <laughs> Dick thing. I, I couldn't yeah, yeah. I couldn't hook in. I couldn't I couldn't get into it. Yeah, two or three episodes in is not too bad. It's, pretty uh, good. it's just so stupid. You know what? A better um, thing that people should watch, I can't get it out of my mind, is... A thing called Revolution, right? And it was on network TV, I think, maybe Fox, a couple years ago, and it it ran for two seasons. And it starts out with suddenly the lights go out. You know, that thing that that, uh, some people fear will happen. You know, the grid is – the lights are gone all around the world. Gone. By the way, uh, 503, I think, is ready to say something. 503, Ah. you're live on the air. Good to be with you as always. Greetings. (laughs) Skywatchers. Salutations, my friend. How are you even, doing? Even the other guy. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. And Thank I want to give for... a shout out real quick to my dog, other guy. Is he a paraplegic also? I'm going to punch you in the arm. Is your dog paralyzed? It's a weird doggy diaper. 13. He's 13? He's 13 years old. God bless him. Yeah, Maya yeah, but- is 14. Maya will be uh, 15 in May. Mm. Going strong oh, so far. Just has some arthritis. Ouch. Yeah, yeah. he's on meds. He's all right. Oh, you should give he's him doggy, doggy, doggy bacon, doggy keto. Keto, the keto diet oils so, up your limbs. Hold on, we only got a couple minutes because we got to go on break in, the, in a few here to get our guest on. Uh, but uh, Jesse, uh, you want to throw in your two cents on uh, last week's uh, debacle? I really do. I don't think it was a debacle. I think it was. Neither do I. I'm just talking. 
I, I do think <laughs> Crystal Storm, who I'm a huge fan of, uh, was a little. We all are, Jesse. We all okay, are. So I'm just going to say that. that Wait, that, I'm sorry. You, I got cut off. You thought I was a little. I thought you were slightly passive. Okay, that's fair. Uh, and I think that's fair. It's not a cut. I I, I, uh, I think you were just trying to take it in. And I think Jackal, uh, Angel, got offended by certain remarks because of uh, things going on in his personal life that everyone knows. And I was offended as well because yeah. Yeah. Uh, certain things uh, over the years, people who have lied uh, to the public or made money off of uh, cancer uh, cures, um, mm-hmm. especially walking around Venice Beach like I have. Yeah, I'm just uh, but, trying to figure out how you could make money off of aliens. If you stand right here, we'll get all these people on the board to stand around you, and hopefully the alien will come down and cure you. But you got to pay us for us to stand around you. Well, you, other guy, you know what? If you haven't been to Venice, um, you oh, I have. probably make not, a nice living from doing that. So that's the problem, is that people and snake oil have always been around. Just packaged in a new way, isn't it? Smoke and mirrors, you're right. Yeah. My quick two cents is this. Uh, First of all, accolades, heads up to Angel. Uh, That comes with experience, in my opinion. This entire interview that you conducted with this gentleman was indicative of how people feel in this field. Most of the uh, upper echelon folks who have Mm -hmm. been in the subject, let's say over five, ten years, Mm -hmm. although some of the newcomers are on the the fast track, so to speak. I think it's indicative of frustration. I think having Dr. David Jacobs on uh, three times in a row uh, for art in what a span of a month and a half or so. Right. I right. thought it was. I thought it was a repeat. Uh, I was. I was actually disappointed. <laughs> but when I found out it wasn't a repeat, because I really enjoy art's monologues usually. Um, yeah. I did listen while doing the dishes, and it sounded like a repeat. It was the same rehash, and uh, I think a better interview, if you want to listen to Dr. David Jacobs' face scrutiny, would be the Paracast interview with him, I believe, Mm. last month. And they did a very nice job of offering suggestions to the abduction community to try to quantify and validate their claims. Well, did the claims are so vast, and and they're way beyond surveys. Yeah, but he. Uh, but did the Paracast uh, interview mention Emma Woods? I don't know. I don't know. Okay, offhand. I'll have to check that out. Now, listen. You said you were doing the dishes. Uh, are you also <laughs> on Bell? You're also on Bell Gab, aren't you? I am on Bell Gab. I do check it uh, to follow some and. To well, try who are, to find who are you on Bell Gab? Uh, Radio, I believe. Okay. Yep. Because I I remember real. somebody said they were doing the dishes during the show. <laughs> oh, I, I I don't think I've ever made a post. I just I'm a reader. Really? Well, um, somebody somebody else is doing the dishes last night. Well, it's a popular thing to do, I guess. Doing the yeah. uh, Keep the, your kitchens clean. That it's important. Yeah. I'll tell you something. My girlfriend's clean. very happy that Art Bell came back because it keeps me uh, doing the dishes. Which I dishes get done all the time now. <laughs> it's true. I, uh, let's oh, see. Uh, so that was my two cents. I don't want to take up too much of the time. I also want to say the show is getting some looks and respect maybe on Bell Gab also because it's a good show and I'm enjoying it and I just wanted to tell you guys keep up the good work and I'm a, I'm a, I'm a committed listener at this point and thank you sir thank, thank, thank you very you. much That's awesome that. thank you okay all right coming from you that I, coming from him that means a lot and you guys have a great night and, and keep it up we need this and I will say one parting thing real quick 
Go ahead. Um, it's like I said, the lines get blurred with fun stuff to listen to. I spent mm -hmm. two hours listening to Al Bielik the other night. Do I think it's his story is accurate or true or holds any proof whatsoever that could be tangible in a court like a slam dunk? Absolutely not. Not even close. Is he totally entertaining? Absolutely. If you haven't seen any of Al Bielik's stuff, mm. go look at it. It's mind-blowing, oh, wow. yeah. fun mm. stuff. Passaggio, fun stuff. I got a call from a producer today in New York who works on some very big reality TV shows, and we were just talking in passing, and he said, I need a time traveler. Now, that's always fun to hear when you're typing away at work and that comes up. And he goes, do you know any time travelers? I want one. And these guys are so hilarious. He wanted one that goes in a machine. Well, He didn't want one that just does foo-foo time travel. It had to be a machine. Well, yes. He had so to have a TARDIS. I, okay. I, I thought of you because I thought, well, you guys would get a kick out of this. But the point <laughs> being is that these people do exist. And I did give him yep. a couple of names, which made me chuckle. However, that is entertainment. That is fun. Yep. And ufology, uh, especially to the gentleman who started this radio program, is very sacred and important. Yes. Um, I told people in the past, this subject definitely starts to become religious-like. And there's nothing wrong with saying that, as long as it doesn't yep. end up making you do something to harm yourself or others. So Correct. on that parting note, thank you, Skywatchers. And I will be listening and telling friends. Wow. Thank you, sir. Awesome. Guys, we're going to go on a quick break. When we come back, Joanne Summerskills is going to join us on Skywatchers Radio. Finally. Finally. I know. Woohoo! Apologies to her for taking so long, but Jesse, thank you for calling in. You know, getting that from Jesse is always very important. Thanks a lot. We'll be right back. James Swagger, host of Capricorn Radio. I'm also an author, engineer, and researcher. Capricorn Radio covers alternative history, alternative science, philosophy, and truth orientated discussions. We are proud to be on the Dark Matter Radio Network live at 8 p.m. Saturdays, Eastern Standard Time. You can catch extra info on darkmatterradio.net, jameswagger.com for yours truly. CapricornMembers.com for the archives. Don't forget, truth is not democratic. Truth is truth. Hello, my name is Howard Hughes, and I'm in London, and I've been proud to bear this name all my life. Over here in the UK, I'm known as a broadcast journalist. I've been involved in some of the big stories of our time. The fall of the Berlin Wall. The death of Princess Diana. I told London about that. And on the first and second anniversaries of 9-11, I was there at Ground Zero, speaking to the people who were directly involved and those experiences I will never forget. So news is my thing. But my great love is my show, the one that I produce, The Unexplained. Over the years on this show, I've spoken to people like the late Al Bielik from the Philadelphia Experiment, Edgar Mitchell, the amazing Apollo astronaut, Dr. Stephen Greer, David Icke, and Uri Geller. 
People like Richard C. Hoagland have become personal friends over the years. I met him in London. So you can see that these sort of topics are what I like to discuss. Please join me on my show from London, The Unexplained, Monday nights on the Dark Matter Network. The UFO phenomenon, either we like it or not, is already very much part of our reality. I've been on panels with uh, military people who, you know, claim that they've seen the aliens buzzing our missile silos. They have very large eyes, and, you know, I found their stare extremely difficult to bear. This is Martin Willis, the host of Podcast UFO, and we are here on the Dark Matter Radio Network every Wednesday from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It is my commitment to bring you an entertaining weekly show that takes a hard look at the UFO phenomena. Are they extraterrestrial? Well, are they interdimensional? Are they time travelers or something we have not even thought of yet? We explore these questions with interesting guests and witnesses from all around the globe. In addition, we bring you weekly UFO news with Open Minds TV, Alejandro Rojas. Thank you for listening, and remember, keep your eyes to the sky. Put a team of professional consultants behind your home or business computer with key information solutions. Providing solutions to your internet and computing needs while keeping you on the cutting edge of technology. Preventative maintenance and networking support. Hardware and custom built computers. Let key information solutions be your personal tech staff for your home or office with affordable hourly, monthly, or annual rates to fit anyone's budget. Call Key Information Solutions now. 954-973-3374. That's 954-973-3374. Or visit keyinformation.com. Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. All right, and we're back live on Skywatchers Radio right here on the Dark Matter Digital Network and, of course, PSN Radio. Thanks to all the callers in the last segment for calling in and uh, throwing in their two cents, especially Jesse, who called in, and Ashley uh, and Kevin. Great, great calls. Uh, just uh, It's always fun to hear from the audience listening in and get their reaction to what's going on in the show, and uh, it's fun when they, they agree with us. That's a lot of fun. Yeah, that That's always good. helps. That's always good. Now, a person uh, who's on the line with us has been waiting patiently uh, from the future to get on the show. (laughs) And uh, this is the third time that we've tried to have Joanne on the show. And finally, I think we're going to get it right. Joanne, welcome to Skywatchers Radio, my dear. 
Oh, thank you so much. How nice to be with you all at last. Yay! Finally, yay. Her voice, her th- that tone, that sound is like music to my ears, man. It sounds so great. I love her accent, too. I'm going to be passive again this show. I'm just sitting back and listening. See, Joanne, I, I was <laughs> telling a few friends of mine that I, I think as I get older, I'm, gonna, I'm actually going to move to like London or England or somewhere in Europe, right? <laughs> Because I want to, I want to be like Madonna when she went over to Europe and she came back with a complete British accent. I want to get, I want to have an accent. Oh, did she really? <laughs> I want to be like the Material Girl and have an accent. That's what I'm saying. The accents are great. I had a customer service call and the guy was Irish and I didn't want him to stop talking. I told him I was like, your accent is amazing. <laughs> I was like, it's great. <laughs> now. Thank you so much for being up so late. I know it's really, really, really late over there, and uh, you know I appreciate you being on here with us. Uh, you know, give the audiences listening in a little bit of uh, your background because you are involved with alien abductions, uh, which we were talking about. This is something that you tackle on, and, and you also do a podcast radio show. And um, you know, give the audience a little bit of your background so they know exactly who Duran Summerscales is. Okay. Well, I'll I'll kind of kick back with the uh, Amash uh, the Amash project, which I started. Uh, five years ago, this coming January, and Amash is um, as an amalgam. Uh, what it, I'll just say what it means. It's the um, anomalous yep. mind management abductee contactee helpline because I fund a mobile number over here, which is like a helpline or a hotline for anybody that um, you know wants to call, and that tends to be experiences. It can be people who you know are in distress about what's been going on for them. It can be mums, dads. It can be anybody at all. And believe you me, it's it's amazing how many people have picked up the phone. Um, so anomalous of the mind management element um, simply means we're not really quite sure. And it's just there's so much mind control and manipulation, not only in the abductee or experiencer field and scenario, but also in the military-orientated some people call them the my labs reabductions. There's a whole kind of kind of foggy field there, so that's why it's anomalous. But anyway, as um, I, I would just say that um, a mash um, is going to be coming to an end um, at the end of December, and one of the main reasons I've been pushed to that decision is mainly because the, the website um, amash.co.uk has been hacked to Hades <laughs> recently oh my goodness, yes. with uh, all backdoor, you know, the usual porn and all those normal uh, guys. <laughs> yeah. um, anyway, all the naughty bits, all the naughty well, bits. You know, you know it's, it's crazy, Jen, because when we first, you know, talked about having you on, we went on the website, it had the, uh, the warning, don't click on here, it's, uh, you know, click out of here. I clicked it, and then when you actually get to the website, it's, it's a good-looking website, it's normal. But then the next week it was completely gone, and it's been already like two weeks now. Uh, yeah, so you're closing that right. site for good. Yeah, it, uh, I I am. I will be taking the material, and we'll I'll be putting it on the new website. Um, um, and I, I and I'll what I'm going to be doing is just taking a little break from from everything to to regroup. It's going to be a bit of a phoenix from the ashes kind of thing. Um, it's very interesting. You know, I set the Amash project up for the UK. But I began getting a lot of contacts and calls from actually all over the world, a lot from America and a lot from Canada, Australia, I mean, Israel, Brazil. I mean, you, it's really, really interesting. What were you doing to get the word out? Well, you, I was doing one-to-one interviews um, with experiences and I mean, you know, there are other people who do this, um, like Kerry Cassidy and, and other mm-hmm. people, and there are other people who speak to experiences. But 
I don't know whether it's just because I was really homing in and focusing on that because part of my background is also, um, I guess, to do with communications because I kind of started off in my study was theater, media, that kind of thing. But I soon kind of changed orientation. I had disability or have disability in the family. And I really began another track of my very important track of my life runs concurrently with everything else I do. And that's kind of the development of humanity and the consciousness element. And so I began training as a therapist in in one or two different systems, um, energy medicine and I'm still a, a therapist um, today, and we would call it now quantum healing. It's a, really about touching base with those points that no longer serve and or cause blocks or, you know, disturbances in the field. So from that point of view, um, I began looking at the spiritual element, uh, not from any religious point of view, but just from that wider spectrum. And then I had a couple of people come to see me as a therapist and um, one of the guys uh, was having a recurring nightmare and this was really interesting and I hadn't come across this before and it was that he was dreaming of a planet exploding which was his home and then he saw this creature which he didn't he he's, wasn't into UFOs, ETs or anything like that but he was clearly describing a grey and I think that what in hindsight what he was going through because this is probably like 20 years ago I, I believe that he's probably something that Suzanne um, Hansen would call, and she's the New Zealand experiencer, um, probably a dual soul incarnation where you have the incredible capacity of those beings who do seem to have an unbelievable ability in the intellectual element and technical side, and then grafted in with the human, the emotional, the intuitive, that kind of thing. So that was very interesting. And then the other guy, he'd go up, you know, wake up in the in the night to take a a, a, a pee break and be washing his hands at the basin and see Sounds his like reflection, <laughs> see his reflection in the mirror. But except it wasn't him; it was an ET face, and that absolutely mm. freaked the bejesus out of him. That so would, again, yes. as we worked through, we found out that there was an incarnational element of ET. So this was something that set me on the road to really exploring this. But I didn't really come on board until I began um, talking to people like um, a friend of mine. I have a few Latin American friends over in this neck of the woods. And one of their best friends is Sixto Paswell, a Peruvian, actually a Peruvian-American um, contactee, not abductee. And I know he's been around your neck of the woods, your country, giving uh, a lot of talks and all over the world, in fact. And I spoke to him at length what, on many his occasions. Name? His Sixto, it's S-I-X-T-O, as in the letter sixth in Spanish, Sixto has, okay. Y-Z, Wells. Okay. And um, he, th- there's a video out there that I think I put up or somebody call, uh, put up that he did called The Cosmic Plan. And he, there is one book of his in English called The Invitation, which it is all about the, the beginning of his experience, which came through, in fact, telepathy and um, automatic writing. But anyway, that that grew to be quite a huge Thing. And, you know, I thought, wow, this is really exciting. And then as I came forward in my interest, um, I just realized there was an absolute vacuum in the UK for, a, if you like, a focal point. Uh, and so I, I kind of set myself up as a national focal point. Um, it's, it's kind of become like that. And very intriguing, too, because within the first sort of year, year and a half of putting all this material out there, I wasn't doing radio then, just uh, the videos um, and I did quite a few quite quickly. And I guess it just caught people's imagination. But back in 
2013, I was oh, well, I was approached by quite a lot of media companies, and um, you know it wasn't really about media or anything like that. And I I really didn't have a head on for media stuff in terms of wanting to do anything. And and I was really I'm really protective of my folks who come forward because they've already been through a hell of a journey. And a lot of them are traumatized and sometimes suffering with post-traumatic stress. And sometimes they've lost their family, their businesses, their livelihoods mm-hmm. or whatever because they've spoken about what they've been through. And we can talk right. about some of that in, in a second. But anyway, so I actually agreed to um, – they wanted to do a little documentary about Amash and what we were doing. So um, – Anyway, of course, we were promised integrity and all the rest of it. And, of course, I fell into the trap and went ahead and said, yes, I think the original production company were great, but they got um, the distribution company is a really big company in the UK, a bit like the BBC called Channel 4. And once they got a hold of it, all integrity was out of the window. And so they made a hit piece, basically. Personally, I didn't come out of it too badly, but it wasn't really about me. It was about right. the guys in it. Um, and my ex-colleague <laughs> didn't help um, and, you know, brought further disrepute. But you know what? This is all experience It's and it's all fine. But you know what was amazing from that too? I mean, I took, I can't tell you what a beating I took from that. And I'm I'm not used to being vilified and hated uphill and down Dale. Oh, my <laughs> God. It was amazing. Uh, horrible experience. But, you know, and nevertheless, you have to come up from that. But I had these at least 300 emails within a month. I had, I, I admit to there was one which just said, you're a nutter. I went, okay, <laughs> all right, okay, fair enough. But you know what? Every single one else of the 299 in that month said, thank you for being the one to put your head above the parapet. This so needs to be out there seriously. And, you know, you, you're trying. Thank you. And also, I don't feel so alone anymore. And, you know, I tell you what, guys, for all the kicking and the bashing that I've taken, <laughs> um, it's been worth it just to have that, just to know that those folks um, have been supported. And those aren't even people I've met or spoken to. They've just fed stuff back to me. Um, uh, but I've even had, you know, activists, people who have been targeted. I don't know if you're, you, you may well be familiar with what they call TIs or targeted individuals. Mm-hmm. Well, I get a few of those guys coming across my pathway now and again too some to because they have an et component of their activism let's say uh but but one guy i spoke to um and he was a husband and wife uh, husband and wife team who are activists and i'm talking about activists i'm not talking about eco-terrorists or anything like that i'm talking about people who care people like you and i who dare to actually speak and say, well, excuse me, you know, what is this about chemtrailing? Why are we, you know, doing all that we're doing? Right. All of that. And, 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 and this guy was, was nothing to do with ET, but he said, I, you know, because we talked about mind control, mind management and the TI element as well for, uh, at some point, he said, you know, I am experiencing the harassment, the stalking, the interfere, all of that with life. So, you, you know, there are all these unsung heroes out there. And for me, the folks that I'm dealing with, these contactees or abductees, these experiencers who are that coal-faced link, these are the guys who are inter... I'm not an experiencer, you know. I've had one or two interesting experiences, but not, not that. So these are the guys that we need to listen to. We really, really do, because if they... 
if all of this is real, and I absolutely put my head on it that it is, then we, we need to learn what it's about because this is like we are on the next evolutionary step of the ladder and, and we need to be aware. We need to be you know, wide awake to this. And well, Joanna, so, I'll, I'll go a step further. If only a small percentage of, of these stories are true, just uh, 1% proves that, that, you know, that everything is real. Well, even if one is true, let's face it, you know. Right, but, exactly. Um, but, I, but I have to say, um, I have had, I can probably count on maybe one hand, perhaps it falls over just into two hands, the number of hoax calls I've had. And they're normally from um, guys who are drunk and it's late at night, you know, and they're, they're thinking, you know, oh, I've been, I've been abducted and I've been probed. Yeah, yeah, right. How about and I liked it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Before, after you finished your six pack, yeah, answer that for me, okay? What I'll did you up. smoke? I mean, you know, you, you have to that. have a sense of humor with this, but um, yep. So, so, it, it, so it's absolutely amazing. And you know what, guys? I'm telling you that I don't know how many calls I've taken. I really should have, you know, done a little tic tac. Um, <laughs> but it's it's uh, you know probably a hundred or two or more. Um, and certainly that doesn't count all the emails I've had and all the rest of it. But there's, it's a big community is the point I'm making. And it's worldwide. It really is. And I know, you know, for most of us, we are very familiar with hearing it from, you know, your side, your neck of the woods. And, and it is now, you know, a- extending, um, mm-hmm. out into the, the field. Uh, in my, at my first conference, I had, um, uh, a professor from a very well-known English university, and he did ask me never to mention it, so I, I won't, and that's for his safety, and so he keeps his job, so you'll excuse me if I don't mention it, but it's one of the very, very top universities over here, and um, he's a gentleman of Korean extraction, and he was really brave in coming forward and speaking at my first ever conference about the abduction um, issue and I was hoping to have him on my radio show before he was hying off back to Korea. But anyway, I didn't manage to catch him in between jaunts there. And But he is now talking to um, people in the Far East, South Koreans and the Japanese um, experiences. So this is really exciting, you know, to bring in, to bring uh, to the table this universal, this um, international um, scenario of what's going on, because as we begin to join the the dots and those the, you know the spokes of the wheel come to the hub and we we get to see the commonalities and we get to understand completely that as a human race for our evolution, which I and I think we're in that crucible moment that uh, and in my lifetime and I and our, in our lifetime I think we're going to see something really big and I'm not talking about the you know the kind of jokers who are trying to take us through all this war stuff well they're doing a good job of all that but i'm talking i'm talking about you know these others um and and what is going on behind the scenes that you know we don't know about i mean do you think disclosure is uh imminent do you think that's going to happen anytime soon well you know what i was asking that very same question last (laughs) night of victor vigiani of the canadian uh exopolitical side Mm -hmm. and um it's a nice idea but you know this is is disclosure This is disclosure, one radio show at a time. <laughs> <laughs> this is grassroots disclosure. And, you know, um, 
Stephen Greer sort of kicked us off uh, with the disclosure movement in 2001, and Stephen Bassett over there has been doing a tremendous job. Now, you know, I honestly could say, well, I don't think that it's going to happen. But you know what? We have to try, and we have to keep the the you know candle lit there. Otherwise, you know, why am I doing what I'm doing? Correct. Uh, I have a passion for it. Not to cut you off, but we have a caller on the line. Are you up taking a call? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Five twelve. You're live on the air with Joanne Summerscales. Great. Is this uh, is this Skywatchers? This is Skywatchers Radio. Welcome to the show. Yes, it is. You're live. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Uh, This is Cr calling from Austin, Texas, and I'm a first time listener. Oh, and um, yeah, thank you very, thank you very much, thank you very much. I just, I just have a few points that I would like to make. I've been, I've been listening to a lot of talk radio lately, and um, okay, and I'm just, I'm, I'm curious. Um, I, I just have like maybe two points, and then I'll get off the air. But uh, it seems to me that a lot of the points that y'all are bringing up are are valid, but they they are easily debunked, and a lot of uh, a lot of professionals have already debunked them. Of course, you're talking about like eight people seeing a huge UFO in a stadium filled with people, and no one has a phone. I mean, these are easily debunked. <laughs> right. <laughs> and um, it seems like the the more important issues, and I, I noticed that you were you were uh, you were saying that like the um, uh, like it's it's, in, it's important to get the individual seeing it and also being able to validate that. And I think there's a lot of good literature out for there out there um, talking about that. And I think it would be really yeah. interesting to, to hear more uh, uh, astute observations about already validated claims rather than the, uh, the obviously debunked claims. But that, right. was just, well, I mean, that was just my point. I mean, other than some of the, the more known cases, like the Travis Walton case, for example, there's not that many cases we can point to and be like, well, we know for a fact this person, you know, we believe 100% of what this person's saying. Uh, a lot of it is faith-based, which I, you know, we were saying earlier. Uh, and that's one of the main issues with, you know, this, you know, type of thing in ufology. Uh, and, you know, you have to really look at each individual case by case and look at the person who's presenting their story and how credible they are. Uh, that's why I, I did applaud what Ray was doing with that organization, uh, that they did uh, not want people that, oh, they just had a dream and all these memories came to them or they're in regression you know, therapy and all these memories came to them. No, they wanted people to have lucid memories. That's great. And, you know, stuff like that is really, I think, a good way to, to start gearing this kind of, you know, talk to. Uh, the only thing is, unfortunately, you have to weave out through all the, you know, the clutter and the BS to be able to get to the good meat of what's going on. But I don't think, you know, it's all BS. I do believe that there are people getting abducted. I think it is happening. I do think there is a phenomenon that's happening in this world uh, where we are being contacted, you know, whether it's on a big scale or a smaller scale. I don't think it's such a large scale as some people would let it, you know, believe. Um, I think it's probably a lot smaller of a percentage than what, you know, we believe in what all the stories, you know, out there are. Uh, I think a lot of people do embellish and lie and make things up. Then there's, of course, the, the fringe element of people that just want to fit in somewhere mm-hmm. and this is a mm-hmm. place where they can fit in you know they can tell a story they get to get all these mm-hmm. friends they can get on the radio shows they can maybe write a book you know this becomes another hobby and it eventually becomes a career for some people uh some people are failed musicians and they get into this field because they're a failed musician and this is something they could you know maybe regenerate their careers somehow and you'll see that i, I see can certain... go ahead no, I, did, I, did, I didn't mean to interrupt you but um i mean i can see where you're like, I, I just feel that that um, I, that uh, regression is is not so easily debunked, 
and to simply pass off uh, you know, regression and hypnosis as an invalid uh, way to validate an abduction, I feel is um, I feel well, the, it's, uh, slight, I, I, I agree. Fair, I I agree, and I disagree, and I agree because uh, yes, you could you could definitely get some uh, good information from uh, hypnosis therapy, um, but I, at the same time, uh, I would like to speak to people that didn't need that kind of therapy and get their information because they remember their experience. Uh, you know, it, it wasn't something they just remembered out of a dream. Because here's the thing: in the laboratory, has been proven you can fake these abduction scenarios uh it's been done sure sure you can so, you can fake it but, and, but also, and, and regression uh, memory and hypnotherapists remember hypnotherapists can't plant evidence in people's memories they can you know gear them a certain way um which unfortunately has happened oh, really oh yeah yes. it has yeah look into the, um, look, look into uh, the, do some research you, on that you yeah. really have yeah, to look yeah, at uh, it in a case-by-case basic mm-hmm. and i think it's yeah. really important I, I mean i hear what you're saying that we kind of we should focus on you know you know the cases that have been validated but we've got to find right. more of them we can't just yeah. keep talking about you know fire in the sky no. and the only way yeah. to do that you know is you get people like joanne who are talking to these people and she's going through their stories and you know right. their experiences and that sort of thing and then it's up to us to go okay true or false well, here's another thing. There. Also, what Joanne is doing, and it seems to me, Joanne, just from talking to you, it seems like it's more of a personable thing. Uh, you know, people are contacting you directly. You know, it's more personal. Uh, what you know, the group from last week was doing, it's more computer-based, it's more cold, uh, yeah, not personal I, I, in any I way, think, shape, or form. I think also... No real uh, interviews, no real validation. Right. Well, I, I think also what I do is I offer um, a safe place. So if people say, please don't divulge my name please don't divulge where i'm you know anything you know i just need to talk i just because you know this is whether people believe this or not it can be an extremely traumatic thing definitely um, and i'm and i'm in touch with one or two military folks um ex-military folks um and special forces and i'm not able to divulge uh very much but what i can say and and it is only for safety this isn't me being shy or anything like that i i uh would never put anybody in harm's way uh not knowingly anyway um but one of the things that they've been talking to me about um and i you know whenever i can release some more information i will but it is part of the um interaction of military yours and ours and other countries with other forces that a lot of people won't believe are around on our planet currently engaging in a war that is um, unknown to 99.5% of us. So there, there are some really challenging things that I hear, and I have to go away and sit with it. But what's very interesting, I'd really like to share with you a little story talking about validation and things like that. And there's, a, there's an ex-soldier that I've been working with. I've been working on his story for about three years with him. And when I say working, I mean, we've been putting to, this together in book form. Now, the reason that he contacted me about three years ago was because he'd just been through a series of heart attacks and strokes all within a week, and several of them, um, and uh, thought he was about to die. He does still live. And he he was so scared about what he'd been through. Now, this guy now is in his mid-60s, and 20-odd years ago, he had what he calls a download. Now, I could equate this for you from what I've heard of his story to something like what people might know as an NDE or a near-death experience. 
in terms of how this download manifested itself. But just before I tell you a little bit about that, tell you a bit about this guy. He's in his mid-60s. He was born in 1950 in the West Midlands of the UK. He had virtually zero education, mainly because one of the things that occurred in his family is that he had a very severely disabled brother born to the family, and that required a lot of hands-on from mum because there wasn't a national health service the way there is now that could help that little boy. The hospital actually wanted to let him die, but mum said no. So um, my guy, it's Bill Brooks, um, ended up looking after his little sister and not going to school. Uh, I think he went to school maybe for six months when he was six and then again when he was about 13. And in between times, he was in the fields, in the woods, and looking after house and helping mum and dad. So he had no education so he could barely read or write. He's a, not that that made him an unintelligent guy, of course, just unable to perhaps process things in a way that school people maybe, but he was absolutely in tune with nature. Now, when this guy was 10 years old, he was back in his fields and uh, he was lying down in a crop, a corn crop that his dad kept warning him about that, you know, he was going to get killed one day by the combine harvester if he kept lying down in that field. Anyway, so he didn't care, did he? He's 10 years old. So this guy, he's lying down there and he suddenly sees two, he reckons they're probably at this day in hindsight about eight foot across, big white ball like a balloon whizzing across. He said it's, oh, it was only about eight feet above his head and it began spinning and another one like it began joined it and began spinning and whirling and then it zoomed off and he was... He thought, well, that's very strange. He'd never seen anything like it. And he also lived in a very, very poor area, extremely impoverished. So this little guy had not very much in his life, in his head, in his mind, to embellish his experience at, you know, at this age. That's just kind of setting the scene there. So he stood up to see what the heck that was, and they seemed to have gone out of view. But there he was, suddenly standing, finding himself in a crop circle. Of course, he didn't know it was a crop circle then, but half, you know, loads of the field had been shapen into circles and at the far end was an object, a big craft. And then there was a group of four people walking towards him. They were in all in one blue kind of colored suits, blonde looking. And of course, it's like, like, just... Nordic, like Nordic types. Well, uh, well, well, maybe. Yeah. Okay. And and he just thought that they were regular people. I mean, as he said, he'd been to see he'd been to see Flash Gordon and believed every word. But um, and, and he, that's a ten year old reaction right there. That's probably what yeah. I would thought. Absolutely. So so this little boy then um, is is really intrigued by these people. You know, he's in a place where uh, I've been to this place. I went and did a field trip last year. I went to every location where there was a major incident, and he's had many. And this place now is like um, a country field area where people walk their dogs. There's a canal nearby and it's populated. And um, there was population on the sides of it when he was a boy, but it was also remote. Most people didn't go there. So um, it, it was quite unusual to see anybody. So anyway, initially, these folks seemed a little bit nervous actually asked him if he, he'd seen any, what he now thinks they meant were repti reptilians or reptiles. He didn't know what they were talking about, but he hadn't seen anything, so he said no. And then they actually told him that the planet was in trouble and would he help if he could. As a little 10-year-old, he thought that was quite amazing. And he said, yeah, what do you want me to do? 
And uh, they said, you'll know at the time. Anyway, a lot kind of happened. They actually invited him on board ship. And he went. He thought this was great fun. He actually asked them where they were from. And they kind of indicated the sky. And he said, oh, are you from God? And they said, no, that's a concept on your planet. And we can't comment. So Wait, off he went. Comment? What? They can't comment? Yet. They can't They're comment. Right. They said, that's a concept on your planet, and we can't comment. Okay, that's so what... I could ask, who gave them the instruction that they're not allowed? Well, one well, no, here's, well, here's the thing. That's who, prime directive. Who, who, right? who, knows, who knows what that was? But that was, just, right. that was just an interesting thing. I think that's absolutely fascinating that he even thought that they might be God. <laughs> right. And so he, he's off having um, a little trip with them, and he's left with the two kids initially, and they are moving little spheres. They said they're like small beach balls with their mind and got him to do it, and he could. But he said, well, I'm sure that they, got, they did it because I can't do it now. And then mum and dad came and got him and showed him this. Um, it was a, like a plinth, a round plinth, and on it, at about three and a half foot tall, it had this like old-fashioned child's spinning top toy and on top of that had like one of those perspex cake covers so it took the, uh, the the whole thing up to about five and a half foot and as it was as it began spinning it looked like dad was focusing on it and he thinks now using his mind to activate it or to do whatever and it began moving in and out of a vision or view and they asked him if he'd like to have a, a trip. And so he said, yes, that was really exciting. So as this thing spun out of view completely, so the ship took off. And then it was clear that mum and dad were, they brought him back and off he went. And he completely forgot about that experience because then it was time to pick up his little sister and off he went. Now, he had a lot of things happen to him also. He joined the army in 1968. And what was really amazing about this too is that this young guy had been in a bit of trouble with the police, you know, guy things, drinking, having a bit of a fight, skirmishes, <laughs> all that. So, you know, he, they were on his tail. So he decided to join the army. Now, he failed the army test, which apparently is basic uh, maths and English. I've never taken it, so I don't know how basic it is. But he failed that. But the guy said, ah, oh, don't worry, you'll soon pick it up and passed him on. So I don't know whether that means something i.e. that he was being tracked by the military beforehand or by any ET interacting with the military. And I'll tell you why I say that in a moment, because I know that sounds absolutely crazy. Mm -hmm. I know. Actually, not, not necessarily. And, you know, this is something I've encountered, uh, Joanne. Um, I've been in, in doing this for the last seven, eight years and speaking to a lot of abductees and people within uh, this field. There is a growing feeling within ufology that, a lot of this stuff might be co-op operations by the government. Yeah. Uh, well, and that you, what people are experiencing might not be aliens, but they might be fooled into thinking they're aliens. And this goes back to Bill Cooper's book, uh, Behold a Pale Horse. He wrote in his book that the government would do something very close to yeah. this. Yeah, I, I, you know, I think there's a lot of truth in that, but I also mm. think there are actual things taking place, such as alien abduction. I don't think it's all... All oh, agreed, 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 agreed. Or yeah. the other. Yeah. But what's very interesting about this is that this young man at 18 joined the army mm -hmm. and um, he was sent to Germany, Zenelaga. Now, I, I couldn't believe it when he told me this. I thought he was having me on. 
But he honestly, he's as straight as a die. He said, well, I was told by one of my colleagues that the, they shared, it was a nu- he was a nuclear soldier. It was one of only two nuclear bases apparently on the planet at the time. And they, they had Honest John rockets uh, there. And there was an underground facility which the Americans used because the base was British-American, although it was on German soil. It was shared. And it was shared with personnel from Area 51. This is back in 1968 when nobody had heard of Area 51. And certainly my guy hadn't. He was just simply told all those years back. And he didn't know what that meant. But within the first few weeks of being on site, there were two major abductions, and one was at gunpoint. Now, this is absolutely fascinating, and it's a short story if we've got time, because this shows absolute collusion by at least yours and my government. And it is that he was on a a little training exercise with a, a colleague, and normally it's a two-hour-on, two-hour-off situation, but they weren't relieved and they thought, oh, well, let's not go back yet because we'll only be put to work, so let's just stay here, have another fag, a cigarette, and um, not that they had any bullets in their guns either. It was just an exercise. And then they noticed a green, uh, an orangey mist rolling their way, and they thought, uh-oh, this is a gas attack. We better go and let the NCO know. And so off they trotted, thinking this was all part of an exercise. And the NCO said, I don't know what you're talking about. We've all been stood down. Obviously, nobody told you guys. And um, they just forgot about it. They thought, oh, okay, well, it was obviously not. They just thought it was a simulated gas attack that obviously just didn't come to anything. So all the other lads at the time were then bunkered up in the various vans, vehicles, and wherever they could sleep. They were out in the field. And... um, they found a place on the top of a Saracen, which was full of the Hessian and camouflage gear, so nice and soft. So they were having a last cigarette together, looking out into the sky, and they were parked about 100 yards away from where the other guys were, which is a little bit nearer some woods. And all of a sudden, they saw this, again, orange light, and it looked like, they said it almost looked like flares coming down in this white light, in, in this orange light. And they thought, well, God, that can't, surely it is, is the paras, meaning the paratroopers, of, but they said, well, it can't be because we've been stood down. And mm. anyway, so the next thing is, is that my guy, Bill, suddenly notices that all the other men in unison, and I've never heard of this before, en masse in unison, have got out from where they are as if in a trance, are all moving as one body toward a huge brilliant white light that is set over toward what must be the woods area in a field and bill gets to go down from from the vehicle and meanwhile his colleague who he calls john begins to look over to the woods sees something and begins to call him back but my guy's never going to do that he's going to do his own thing and as he gets down He is faced with a guy who's dressed in black. This isn't like a man in men in black, black, but it is a guy, blonde hair, holding a Beretta. Now, my guy already knows what a Beretta looks like at this stage, but he said it's like twice the size. And he's got a little square black badge, blue badge on his right shoulder, the detail of which he doesn't see. And then 
the gun is pointed at him and the guy says to him, and he thinks it's an American accent, go toward the light. And my guy hesitates for a moment as his friend calls him, don't go, don't go. And the guy cocks his gun. He says, now go toward the light. So that's all he remembered until being on parade the next morning when he's in front of some really big brass. Now, he's a brand new soldier. He doesn't know that this is unusual protocol or whether it's ordinary protocol. Now, he's already had to sign an official secrets act. So what's really interesting is that he notices that people are in battle dress, BDs. Now, battle dress was phased out in 1958, although some of the, maybe the bottoms or the whatever might be being used as, as a partial part of the uniform. But basically, by 1968, it's the fatigues. So he kind of notices that, but again, new guy, doesn't think too much of it. But he notices that there are three of these guys in black with pistols pointing at them as they are made to sign yet another Official Secrets Act. And then they're told by the big brass that they must not say anything or ever talk about whatever happened last night ever, ever again. And meanwhile, John, his mate, is whispering in his ear, they came, we were taken. And he goes, well, I don't know what you're talking about, mate. He said, you must be drunk from something else because, you know. Anyway, so (laughs) my guy, Bill, has no memory of this and some very, very many abductions and other paranormal events that happened to him up until he was 44. And not only that, this guy thinks people like me up until that age are complete fruitcakes. He thinks thinks anybody (laughs) who talks about this kind of thing is a weirdo. He gives it no time at all, no energy at all. And then when he had his download, age 44... It was like cracking open his head. It was two years before he began to come forward and what, you know, into some semblance of of realization of what the hell this all meant. Because when he came out of the army in 74, 75, and when he saw his brother, who was not mentally disabled, just physically, his brother desperately tried to show him photographs or pictures and books about aliens about E.T., because that little guy in his young years had seen his brother being taken. And my guy, Bill, would just have none of it. In fact, he just thought that the disability had gone from the physical to the mental. <laughs> that's, that's just the only way he could reconcile what his brother was telling him. So this It is a lot guy, to take in, though. It is a lot to take, especially back then. Well, I, I tell you what also really threw him through a hoop, this guy. As we're working, one of the things that happened in those very first weeks of him being in the army, and this is so interesting, is that he, it, was, it, was the, um, it was a thing to do. There was very little to do as a nuclear soldier, apparently. Once you'd done your do and everything else and everything was locked down and safe, there was, you know, you were sitting down twiddling your thumbs. So the guys used to go out for a drink quite regularly to the local pubs had one or two ones around. So so he was he'd often That makes me feel back. real safe at night, by the way, uh yeah. nuclear <laughs> service people are having Whatever. drinks at the pub. We got the order, we're standing down. Oh man. <laughs> Go ahead, Jan. And um on on a couple of occasions as he was walking by himself out of camp, out of the, um, the Americans had the, the, the rear end of the camp and, and he'd often go out through that area because to, took him to another pub anyway. So there was this big black American car there and standing beside it were two 
big American guys with their short haircuts and the trilby hats, the long coats, looking for all the world like Chicago gangsters, mm. and a driver. And he says, I don't know to this day what they said to me, but I got in the car. I said, so where did they take you? He said, they took me to a bookshop. I said, a what? He said, a bookshop. <laughs> now, this guy can hardly read, and he only found out in the army that he was dyslexic. So, you know, reading isn't a natural pastime for him. It's actually quite difficult, although he can read and write now fine, but it's still not something he, you know, gravitates to. Right. And um, so they took him to a bookshop, um, and they would try and foist these greenbacks on him. And now I'd, the only term, the only relationship with the term greenback I heard was to the dollar. That was, you know, the only phrase I'd ever heard it mentioned with. Um, right. but, yeah. but, but he said it was, it was a book and it was actually a series of books, like a publication. So I, I went and Googled it as I'd got him on the phone or on Skype as, a, as we were working. And there it was. And one of the books was called My Mother Taught Me. And if I tell you that this is a Scandinavian publication, which actually in 1968 relocated to New York, very interesting that it went from Scandinavia through over to um, America in the same year that my guy joined the army. I, I just find that coincidence strange and interesting. But it was, I can only tell you what he's told me. He, he said it was a sexually perverted, explicit book on the incest side. Now, uh, my guy is not, that's not his bag. He's not interested in that. And the other book that they tried to foist on him was Catcher in the Rye. Mm -hmm. Now, a little, bit, a little bit less offensive than the first book. Yeah. Well, it, yeah. Catcher in the Rye has been found with, um, I don't know, I can't remember the name of the guy who killed John Lennon now, Mark Chapman, is it? Chapman, and yes. uh, Lee Harvey Oswald. And, and I think mm -hmm. there's maybe one or two others who've, who've had that. And it's, it is thought that Catcher in the Rye particularly, perhaps um, there are certain phrases or, or words or whatever that they use particularly for triggers. Now, the, my, my guy also um, signed up for a flu um, jab experiment um, that was, he's got a vague memory now that as a deal to get him out of trouble with the police in England, that when he joined the army, if he also signed up for this, we haven't put this in the book because he's only, this is a brand new memory comeback, um, that, that he, you know, they would make sure that they would always stay off his back. Anyway, he wasn't in that much trouble, but anyway. And they, he, when it came to that experiment, he the next thing he knew, he had no memory of how he traveled, but the next thing he knew, he was back in the UK at an infamous place called Porton Down. And in those years, Porton Down became infamous, like uh, some of the MK Ultra projects for working on like prisoners and uh, army folk, military personnel, um, un, un, you know, wittingly with hallucinogenic drugs like LSD or that kind of thing. And what they did to this guy was uh, really unconscionable. They left him without, with the um, incapacity, let's call it, to uh, look at people in the eyes without um, a real strong urge to kill them, which, as you, you know, <laughs> which is a real debilitating Thing to have to live with and even to this day he still although it's much reduced and really by virtue of his incredible iron will 
Now, this isn't an ET thing. This is a military thing. There's been a lot of ET stuff going on. But here the lines get very blurred because what's very interesting, you know, when we're talking, I just want to pick up the thing about evidence and, and all the rest of that. Well, when I told Bill that I was actually looking at an Amazon and I took a screenshot of it in case it, it disappeared of my mother taught me. And there it was a greenback. And then I Googled it and did a bit more research. And there, sure enough, was a bit of history about the greenback scenario. He he got very sick and very ill for quite a few weeks. And he couldn't continue writing with me because it was such a shock. And he said, it's just, it's real. I know it's real. I mean, it's not that he doubted his memory. It's just that, like your caller said, it's very difficult to get evidence for this kind of mm. thing. Um, and and there it was. He'd never told anybody else about it before. And uh, and as I said, we <laughs> I took a screenshot of it to make sure we we have it for posterity. So this poor man, not only did he have the ET thing going on, he also had the military thing going on, and then was subjected to um, you know a catalogue of events. That um, really, I mean, how why, anybody? Why him though? Why, why do you think this man was? Chosen, well, you know what? That's like what who... that's what he said. Why? Mm. Why me? But then he said, "Well, why not me?" Maybe it was because you know this guy didn't have much education. Maybe they thought he was going to be very malleable and very easy to manipulate. Now, the one thing that this guy has more than anybody else I know is an iron will. I mean, he's been so ill, and re and last year I had him on my show. Um, one I started in last October, and he was on my second show. And I think he just died. Really, he had died three days before. He'd had a massive heart attack, and um, really, uh, it was a miracle that he was resuscitated. And I introduced him as my late deceased guest. Oh my goodness! <laughs> At least he's but, got a sense um, of humor. <laughs> hey, was the old saying the show must go on? He believed in that. Well, you know what? It, it was just uh, well. Also, when the doctor came to look at him and he said, and examined him, he was in bed. He said, "Have you been shaving your legs?" He said, "Well, why the hell would I shave my legs? No, I haven't." <laughs> well, there was no hair on his legs, and the doctor said, "Well, there's no hair on your legs because there's no blood supply." And as he tested the leg for the pulses, he said, "There's no pulse on you. How are you? How are you walking? Huh. How are you walking?" And my guy just said, "Well, willpower." He also did go through a couple of years of special forces training, and of course, you are put through your paces there and learn to survive with uh, a tremendous amount of pain and um, difficulty. So maybe that was helpful. But um, what I wanted to say was that all the ET stuff, which knocked his life for six. I mean, where do you go with this stuff? When you have an event like that and it rocks your world and not, a, you see, when it rocks your world, it knocks your psychology. It knocks, you, you know, when you have somebody like Bill who was black and white about this kind of thing, it doesn't exist. There is no life after death. There's, you know, there's nothing paranormal None of that happens. <laughs> well, I mean, uh -huh. I'm laughing because, <laughs> because this guy, more than nearly anybody else I've spoken to, and I've spoken to quite a lot and taken quite a lot of case histories, to this nth degree, I, I don't think I've come across anybody who's had so many happenings and events. It is just extraordinary. It is no, just amazing. No. 
I'm, let me ask you a question. Does he have, uh, or has he told you about any maybe implants that they've put on him at all? Oh, yeah, that's very interesting. You know, this guy, not now, um, but then, as a youngster, had excellent, excellent teeth and not a filling in sight. But when he was in the army, he was told he needed some dental work, and he just went along with it, and they put in a filling. He didn't need a filling. Now, many years later, many, many years later, something came, well, after a major abduction event, something came out of his uh, tooth and something came out of his nose. Hmm. Now, he saw a little bit of action in Northern Ireland as a soldier in uh, 73, I think it was. Um, yeah, 73. And um, now he didn't, he, he, he took a little, a little hit, a little ricochet. So, but he didn't, you know, he wasn't majorly injured or anything. Okay. And anyway, so uh, after this abduction event, which um, uh, we probably don't have time for me to go into, um, when he got home, he had a massive nosebleed. Now, this guy was, has also um, ultimately, he, he's a musician, he's a very talented lead guitarist. And that's how he began earning his living in between driving. And once his um, gig got underway, then he became, you know, he did that full time. But this was in between him sort of gigging and driving. And the, this event happened whilst he was driving this massive abduction event. So after it, and he got back home, this thing came out of his nose. And he said it looked like a miniature 2-2 bullet. And he, oh showed it to his, he showed it to his wife. And she said... Do you think you could have been shot up the nose in Northern Ireland? <laughs> well, that's what he did. He fell about laughing. He said, "Well, my dear, if I had, I don't think I've had much of a head left." No. <laughs> <laughs> but the weird thing about that is, now I haven't yet met an experiencer, abductee, conductee, whatever you want to call those folks, who have yet, who have had an implant that has not had the impulse to destroy it. This seems to be like part of their programming, except at this point, Bill goes, well, I don't know. I'm just going to keep that till the morning because it was the evening. His wife was going out. He was going to kick back and have a glass of something, and he was tired. So he put it in a little soap dish on top of his uh, bathroom cabinet. Anyway, so his wife comes back home. They go to sleep, and then he's woken up by the lights flooding into the bedroom very common occurrence in abduction scenarios. And he hears all this scuttling and shuffling in what he thinks must be the bathroom. Now, he's so kind of tired, he's aware of it, but he doesn't get up to look. Except in the morning, he goes, to, and he's completely forgotten about that when he wakes up in the morning. But in, and this all comes back at age 44. Every single detail, not only of his abductions, but of his entire life. Now, and these abductions, I mean go over some of the stuff that might have happened to him in some of these abductions. I mean, was he given any information that it's, that we could use that, you know, relevant today? Well, one of the things that he, he again, this is not uncommon, he was shown a, like a video screen, you know, and back in, back in those days um, you didn't, uh -huh. you know, video screens were unusual, and he was shown war, he was shown images of war, images of birth, um, all of this kind of thing, it was if it was bringing to his attention um, the, you know, the level of consciousness perhaps where we are. And he didn't really understand all of this back in the time when it was shown him. Don't forget, it was only when he was 44 that he had a full, total, mind-splitting, head-splitting download where everything was 
you know, like a program downloaded into his head at lightning speed. Um, he said the moment it happened, one thing I knew was that the governments knew about it. He said, and now this is a guy who's not looked at anything to do with ET, not interested in ET or anything, right? So he has the download within moments of having it. It's like the awareness cracks open the wider spectrum of the matrix. It's as if he is able to plug into, when I say the matrix, I mean the web of life that is the consciousness that makes that we're all a part of, the oneness. And he said one of the greatest awarenesses I had was not only did the governments know about what was going on, i.e. the abductions and the military element of it too, I, I mean, you know, at some points, but also the pharmaceutical industry. And that was a really big thing for him. Very interesting, yes. Very interesting. Mm. And there was so much. I mean, what happened at that point, it was almost he had several major abductions. I'd say three or four major abductions. And one of them, um, two were in the army, and another one of them, we call it the Abingdon incident. The Abingdon is an area around Oxford in, in the UK. And um, he was left after this event with that as a whole intact memory, more or less. When I say more or less, it was as much as could be at the time when all the rest of the download kind of faded as if it went on the back shelf. And then over this last 20 years, until he contacted me, it's all been coming through over the years, been embedding itself, if you like. So it's been like coming off the back shelf, he'll just suddenly have a real, oh yeah, that was that one. So it's as if the download came back and then when it's been right, relevant, or whatever the trigger was that he would remember, it's come back on board. So now we have as much of his memories that we can, you know, that he can access um, in one place in this book, which is um, we're, we're just still putting the final touches to. But it is phenomenal because it involves somehow the Masons. It involves um, <laughs> a serial killer over here in the UK that he bore an uncanny resemblance to in his middle years. Jack I mean, the Ripper? No, uh, no, a guy called Fred West. <laughs> That's a little bit, a little bit ahead of his time. A little bit, yeah, well, a bit ahead of that time. But it was it. This is such a story. You think, what the heck does this mean? What does it mean that this one human being has had to me almost many lifetime experiences in one? And where's it taking? Well, the, the, the thing that it has done, more than anything, if you stand back and say, what, we take away all, all the drama and all, you know, what are the bare bones? What are we left with? And what we're left with is a consciousness birthing process. Ultimately, if we just strip everything away, the stories away, what it has done is absolutely explode a new level of consciousness in him. Hmm. And as he, but, he but, said, but question, though, Joanne, uh, you know, I understand that it's uh, bringing this new consciousness to him, but the gentleman is an older gentleman. When he passes away, his life is over. So at the end of the day, what was the purpose of the entire interaction? Yeah, well, I, you know, I, I would love to know that, too. But I wonder <laughs> if, I wonder if, the, you know, he's just one person. And I'm speaking right. to many people, not quite all with the depth 
well, not the depth of experience, but with the many levels or layers of experiences mm. that he's had, though, you know, that's more unusual. But I wonder if we are, what this is all about is that as he, somebody like him or anybody, and I don't mean mm-hmm. like him as anybody special or different, but another human being, having these experience. indelible experiences right. absolutely imprinted onto the DNA and the genes, whether that pushes our development of consciousness higher on mass as a species, you know, frequency by frequency, vibration by vibration. I mean, I'm just positing this forward because it seems like, you know, a logical place to go because I'm very interested in the consciousness element. What does it mean? You know, a very interesting researcher, Grant Cameron, I'm sure you know very well of him. Um, In the last three years, Grant has come, oh, I mean, he's done a prodigious job on his 30 years of research on the presidential UFO stuff and, you know, what the presidents knew and all that paperwork and stuff. What an amazing work. And now, since 2012, he's got into the consciousness element of this of these experiences he's it's kind of he said like the penny dropped and i mentioned cameron simply because he's a prodigious researcher he's an extremely eloquent guy he Mm -hmm. thinks things through you know to the nth degree and so when he can come forward and say it's about consciousness this is where i am feeling that this is all going and he said this is now becoming a real point of focus that I can see everything seems to indicate that we are, you know, now running into a whole new level of our development. Um, and as people like me and like you and all the people around the planet who are one by one, you know, in our groups, talking to people who are at the coalface of these interactions and you know there's good and bad there's positive and negative that there's all that is that we know in our realm of experience and as these are moving through i think there is this collective consciousness um you know vying for its um for for it for its um level if you like i can't think of a better word to describe <laughs> it it's it's like a it's like a you know the water level trying to find and we're right, at that right. level where our consciousness is is still you know, struggling to make that, you know, birth through this, you know, the, the birth pangs, Jesus, they're painful, aren't they? Oh, yeah. Of moving well, here's, a, here's, a, here's a question about the experience uh, that some of the folks are having, uh, and especially the, the gentleman we're speaking about. Um, Bill is his name, right? Yeah, Bill Brooks. Okay. Bill Brooks. Um, my question with the experiences like his, for example, uh, and for in general, uh, for people within you know army ranks, people that that served in some form or other militarily or overseas or in the U.S. or yeah. wherever, uh, his case really to me seems to be more manufactured by the government uh, than alien per se. Uh, has he given you any indication that he that he might be thinking that maybe a lot of this stuff was governmental uh, experiments or anything like that at all or is he 100% on board with this is aliens and it has to be aliens or oh that, no or... I, I think you know certainly with the military element um, definitely and also with with Bill there's been some weird time thing mm. now I, I know that you know they say there is no such thing as time but we're, we're in a construct and all of that but just let me give you this little snippet this is amazing the guy that he was abducted with in the army John Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, 
when he left the army, he lost contact with John. And, you know, 40 years down the line, so this is, you know, fairly recently in the last sort of four or five years, he was desperate to try and corroborate his story. And he thought, well, if I can find John, you know, that will do it. So he got right. hold of a number. And it wasn't actually John, it was his brother. And he, and he said, oh, hi, you know, I'm with your brother and I really, really need to talk to him about some stuff because it can get you crazy. And to have someone validate some for you, something for you is it's really important. Anyway, so his brother said, well, you'll never speak to him because he's been a recluse for all of these years hmm. because of alien abduction. He keeps going on about aliens, well, alien it, abduction. It, it, Back to, back to back to back to where I was asking. If we continue, um, since for you know, like I was saying, since he, this gentleman was a part of the military, uh, he did serve, and uh, a lot of this stuff happened while he was serving. Um, the real question here would be uh, not so much uh, the alien abduction, if the government and the aliens are working in tangent together. Um, that, I have no doubt about that. That creates an, an entire different element of of uh, of really just insanity uh, when it comes to this subject. But but listen, I don't think it is in every case, not by a long, long chalk. I think there is a faction, definitely, Mm -hmm. undoubtedly a faction that is working with the military. And there's no doubt about that. But just to finish off what I was just going to say about John, which is just intriguing, uh, you know, I don't know how to explain this, is that his brother then, so so, um, he said to Bill, you know, you're never going to see him because he doesn't come out for anybody. He's a recluse. And it's all to do with this alien stuff. So that's Bill. So Bill said, well, that's what I want to talk to him about. He said, well, it won't happen. And he said, anyway, when were you in the army? When, when, did, when did you know my brother? And Bill goes, well, 68, that's when I joined. And he said, well, that can't be true. That can't be hmm. the case. And he said, well, why not? He said, because we were there in the 50s. Oh, my. Really? Hmm. Which yeah. brings me back to the point when he was on parade. And he noticed the guys in BDs, battle dress. Mm. And so if you think he was, he was taken back in time and he served in a different time? Who the hell knows? <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. It's just weird. After an hour, I'm just so confused with the story. It's like... Well, it, it's uh, listen. You're, 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 you know, you, you've only heard a tiny little bit. But what? But isn't it? But I've never heard of anybody at all. This is the first case I've ever heard of anybody being told to get on a on a vehicle, on a craft at gunpoint, and it was clearly military, and there was clearly UFOs involved. Right. That's a first. That is that a first is an first, absolute yeah. first. And, you first. know, it's, 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 it's the Americans with the Brits, um, you know, and I'm in touch with other people in other countries with special forces. So there's something going down, guys. There's See, that's what, that's what really makes me believe that there's something more than even alien at foot here. Uh, because, look, again, you know, an alien abduction, yeah, it can be faked. It can, it can be faked by, by the government if they want that. Uh, no, this yeah, person has but, been having interactions. That, that is true, and I, you know, I absolutely, you know, know that to be a fact. And you were quite correct when, yep. you know, you said before that it is, it, you know, people can create scenarios, yes, uh, where people believe that they have been, and um, and you know that is a fact. But I'm telling you, 
<laughs> no, this is a strange one. No, but the question the question is how oh, you know why would the government or any government do this to one soldier or are they doing this to multiple soldiers? Uh, at the end point, what is the end of the end game here for the government if they're involved in this? And if this is some kind of a side operate operation or uh, MK Ultra operation or whatever it is, it is a mind control operation. Because really, at the end of the day, if it is government created, it is mind control. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, it, it's like even, even without the military involvement, there is massive perception management, mind management by ET. There is no two ways about that. So what's that story about? Um, you know, there's lots of different it, it's a bit difficult in, you know, in a short space of time to really go into the different um, uh, factions because there are plenty of people who are having very positive experiences with ET who mm -hmm. are clearly much more on a spiritual consciousness raising let consciously conscious raising um, experience and who are cognizant that you know their memories are fully there and they are working in tandem they are aware of what's going on and they have a, a relationship with these with these others I, I think you know maybe to some degree we all have that but I think really that the other faction with the military where there is collusion in covert kind of scenarios that can never be good. No, that's, not. you know, um, I, I don't care which side of the pond we're on. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, just that, terrible. That, that's not great. Um, so, jo Joanna, we're all out of time. Almost, we have about a, about a minute left. I, I was going to say, plug you your website, but unfortunately, we can't do that. <laughs> well, listen, guys, when next year, when I have everything <laughs> back up and running and I have the new name sorted, I will ping you um, a link, and if you want to talk about that or talk about one or two other cases or where we are with uh, Bill's stuff, then, you know, we can do that and maybe even get Bill on and you can talk to him yourself. That'd be wonderful. I'm yeah, dying to talk to this definitely. man after, after hearing this story. Well, actually, uh, Joanne, he, he's, he's more confident if he's on with me because a lot of the mind control stuff, this messes with your mind horribly. And um, I, I'm a... He's ha yeah, so if you want to do that, you'll have to have us both on because he'll need me sometimes to prompt him. And I don't mean to prompt him like tell him to do <laughs> know, stuff. It's just that he f he he'll forget the details and I, and I have it well <laughs> in my memory. <laughs> <laughs> no, you've been a doll. Thank you so much for being on here, and you've been a lovely, lovely guest uh, and uh, an amazing story. I'm definitely dying to talk to this gentleman now. Let me just let me just say that if anybody wants to email me or talk oh, to me, ahead. they can get me on an email at amash, which is a double m a c h at hotmail dot co dot uk. By the way, quick shout-out to Eric in Miami, who's a new listener on the show. Eric in Miami, shout-outs to you, my friend. Uh, everybody, keep listening. Art Bill is next, and we'll catch you here on Skywatchers next week. Good night, everybody. Thank you very much, everybody. Thank you, Joanne. <laughs>